welcome to Dance Matters Podcast, the place where we talk all things dance and the performing arts industry. A place where we share knowledge and real stories from people in the industry in the hope of inspiring and educating. We are your hosts, Kaylee and Charlie. Today's guest, Ali Phillips, is an established and experienced dance business coach who began her entrepreneurial journey at the age of 17. A passionate dancer at heart, Ali began taking dance classes at the age of three in order to expel some of that excess childhood energy. At just 17 years of age, Ali founded BAM Dance, an inclusive dance organisation running classes for people with disabilities, which now operates in Brisbane, Australia and Toronto, Canada. Now, at 30 years of age, Ali has spent the past 13 years turning her passion into profit, fearlessly implementing innovative ideas and coaching others to also live out their dreams. But before we look at the program she offers and how you can learn from her experiences, let's take it back to energetic Ali who headed through the dance studio doors at three years of age. I don't know how old you were, Charlie, when you started, but I started at three. My mum put me in ballet classes and I just... Oh goodness, I think that I I just fell in love with it instantly. I remember, I mean, I have costumes of it and I have photos and things like that, but I think as young as three, I just absolutely fell in love with dance. I fell in love with performing. I fell in love with the dance studio, with my teachers. So that's all the way back. I'm 30 now, so I started it at three. Thank goodness my mum put me in classes. <laughs> you started at three with a bit of ballet. What was your training like growing up? Did you gradually add more styles to it? How serious did it get? Yeah. Yes. So I grew up at like a really neighborhoody dance studio. So we did competitions, but it wasn't really competitive. And so I grew up, I started with ballet. I actually stopped doing ballet and then picked it back up again when I was 12 or 13, because I knew if I wanted to continue doing dance and making dance my career, that I would need a technical background. But I loved jazz. Like jazz was my thing. It still was my thing. I did not like tap, not a tap dancer at all, but loved contemporary when that started to kind of make its way into dance studios. And then when hip hop made its way into dance studios, I definitely picked that up loved musical theater definitely had a technical background did all of my rad once i got back into it did my jazz exams and yeah did the comp thing but really just loved the performance side of dance yeah. did you do any extra study or training outside of normal studio classes to help you pursue a career in dance I actually went to university for dance. So I graduated high school halfway through my end of grade 12. There were auditions for the university that I went to, which was QUT. And I auditioned for the dance program and got in. So outside of high school, no, but I did do tertiary dance. So when I was in high school, it was very much didn't do full time or anything. In fact, my mum approached my dance teacher and asked her, hey, Ali loves dance so much. Should we take her out in grade 10 and put her in a full-time dance program or should she continue her studies? I went to a prestigious girls' school. I went to Brisbane Girls Grammar. So there was a focus on academia. And my dance teacher said, hey, dance will be here. Stay in school, finish your grade 12, and then the world will absolutely open up. So that's what my mum did. And she consulted me and we decided together that I would finish high school before going on to doing dance at university. It's an interesting take on it given that now there are so many full-time dance studios and they are even offering it from year seven that they sort of combine full-time dance with their education do you think it was a good choice for you to finish year 12 that's so hard to say I think that there were pros and cons to both of it 
Did it stifle my creativity? No, because I think it was so ingrained and was just such my passion from when I was so young. Did going finishing high school give me other skills that I could apply to my dance career? Absolutely, I do think so. It's hard to say, you know, you kind of look back in hindsight and go, oh, maybe if I had done dance, I would have been in this certain position. But then I think, okay, but if I didn't finish high school, then I wouldn't have those skills. So it's a tricky question to ask, but I'm I couldn't have got onto the place that I am today without my journey just being my journey. At just 17, you founded BAM Dance, an inclusive dance organisation running classes for people with disabilities. Tell us about your dance organisation and what it offers. Okay, so when I was in high school, my sister, she started a community centre that had an interest in special needs. So I actually didn't, I wasn't passionate about inclusion or disability or accessibility or or even running my own business, but I used to go and volunteer at this community center that had this dance party once a month. And all these people with disabilities used to come to this dance party and I loved it and I had a lot of fun. And I had done a little bit of teaching when I was in high school for, you know, young kids at my studio. And so simultaneously to when I finished, I was just about to finish high school. I'd already gotten into dance at QUT and my sister asked me if I wanted to start like a structured dance class for some of the people that came to this community center for people with disabilities. And I said, yep, like, let's go for it. And I was 17 at the time and I just ran with the idea. I loved it. They loved it. The families loved it. And I called it Buster Move Dance. Well, actually, I called it Buster Move. Uh, and then we added on the dance a little bit later. But I think at the age of 17, I was very impressionable, but also was kind of at this, I had this amazing invitation to go down one path of my career. And I decided to take it. And that's what I've really done uh, for the past decade is, is growing this international dance company for people with disabilities. What is the philosophy behind band dance? It's changed over the years. I think now our tagline is, or our pillars, our core pillars are limitless, inclusive love. So it's, it's really having the belief that everybody can dance and dance looks different on everybody and dance gets to be such a powerful vehicle or tool for self-expression and community building and socialization and so the philosophy is really grounded in deep value of inclusion accepting everybody allowing everybody to have a voice but the most important part is that it's all coming through dance so we are not a therapeutic program We are dance-based and, yeah, really grounded in a love, such a passion of dance. Why do you think dance is particularly important to this community? What does it bring to the participants? I think the same same thing that it brings me. You know, when I dance, it gives me a sense of freedom. It allows me to connect with my body, which is so important because everything is stored in the body. It allows me uh, an opportunity to come into community with different people, with my friends. It allows me to get a workout. I love listening to music. I love using music as a tool for, you know, connection to emotions and dancing with expression and intention. So what it brings to my students is actually no different to what dance brings me. 
It operates in both Brisbane, Australia and Toronto, Canada. How do you manage to maintain the business in both locations? I am a very organised human being, let me just say that. So I love administration and for anybody that wants to get into dance business, you've got to find the love in administration or delegate. That's a whole nother conversation. But I actually really love the business side of dance and I work with a lot of dancers and a lot of artists who want to make it or who want to create personal brands or businesses who struggle at that administration business side. And it's something that I've actually really loved. I'm very organized. I'm very structured. So it's just a matter of laying the foundation. One thing I will say is that I knew that I was moving overseas before I did it. And so I created structure around my business before I left. So I didn't just pick up and leave. I prepared the families. I prepared the students. All my teachers knew what their roles were. And it was years ahead because something that I love to do is as a young adult, like in my 20s was travel. And so I used to leave my business for months at a time and was like, who wants to run the business or who wants to run the classes? And I would do all the invoicing and all the administration and, re and registrations but I would have other people teaching the classes. And so the families and the communities already knew that there was a value of flexibility and adaptability with BAM. And so when it was time for me to transition internationally, it was pretty seamless. You live in Toronto, but are an Australian. What led you to Canada? I felt as though I wanted more and I wanted to be challenged. I think because I started my business at such a young age, by the time I got to 25, there was this part of me that was like, okay, what's next? And I knew that by putting myself in a completely new country with new people, it would challenge me to open my mind and to trust myself and to, yeah, make new mistakes. And it was a personal decision. It wasn't a business decision. In fact, I wasn't even sure I was going to start them over here at that stage. Once again, because I'd started the business so early, I was like, I'm over it. I don't want anything to do with it. I need to get away from it. And, and I wanted to move over here and try new things. I got a job with a different company and I was navigating and seeing if I wanted to change what I wanted to do. But yeah, at the end of the day, it followed me, which I'm really glad it did. Has it been difficult to get a work visa over in Canada? No, actually it, it wasn't. They've changed it back when I did it. For Australians, it's pretty easy. We're a part of the Commonwealth. I'm not sure if it is more difficult for other people, but it wasn't as tricky um, as I thought it was. And how long do you get a visa for? Okay, so I had a working visa for two years okay. and then I applied for my permanent residency after a year and I'm now, I've been a permanent resident now for almost three years. Oh, wow. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize. I thought it might be more tricky. Definitely America's more tricky, right? Oh, 100%. I definitely think America is a lot trickier than Canada. Yeah. You don't only operate BAM Dance, you are also a dance business coach. Can you explain what that means? Yes. So just think of a mountain and you're starting to do this massive trek. Like I said, I started trekking my, you know, trek up the mountain when I was 17. And so for new business owners or new dancers who want to start personal brands or choreographers who want to run workshops or for dance teachers who want to be teaching at multiple studios, I'm just steps ahead on the mountain. I kind of have seen the terrain and I kind of know what's up. 
And so I can guide other dance entrepreneurs and business owners and teachers and choreographers to kind of take the steps necessary to be successful in the dance industry. So all a coach means is that it's like, hey, I'm just a couple of steps ahead of you. I've got some tools that I think will really support you because it's supported me in getting to the place where I am. Let me support you and let me guide you and let me celebrate and challenge you. It's kind of just like a professional friend kind of pushes you a little bit. And why did you decide to go into that avenue? I fell into it. Similar to BAM, it was given to me, like the reason why I started BAM was because my sister kind of gave me an invitation. So I didn't consciously go, I want to be a business coach. It was just a natural progression of where I'm at. All of a sudden people were asking me, hey, how did you get to doing this? Most people looked at my lifestyle and said, how are you as a dancer living by yourself, making this money, driving a car when we're struggling? This is the, you know, this is the concept I get all the time. How can we as dancers be successful and make money and be sustainable whilst also doing the thing that we love and we're really passionate about? And so it was just a natural progression. People wanted to know how I'd become successful in my business and I was kind of helping them out. And then I did a couple of coaching courses so that I had some tools under my belt. And that's how it kind of happened. Do you think that many dancers struggle to turn their passion into a career? And what advice do you normally offer them? Yes, I do. There's so many pieces of advice. I think the pe- the first one is that a lot of us dancers, we do it because we love it. And there's a really huge emotional connection to dance. It makes us feel like it makes us feel free and it makes us feel excited. But what's missing is the structure, kind of what I was saying before. People don't like doing the emails. They don't want to reach out to people and ask for opportunities. They feel bad if they're asking for a certain amount of money, right? So we have to, if we want to be successful and sustainable in our dance, in the dance industry, depending on which avenue you go down, there has to be a level of structure that accompanies your passion, What I will say is the other thing that's missing is being in service. When we grow up, the dance is all about us. We want to be at the front of the pyramid. We want to get the highest result. We want to get the best mark, all this stuff, right? I believe that the way that we transition our passion of dance into a profitable business is of being in service to others. How can we as a choreographer create pieces that elicit a certain feeling or a story that tells someone else's experience? How as dancers are we able to bring joy to audiences? As teachers, how can we pave the way for someone else? When we are in our purpose and when we are in service to others, it's the link between taking the passion of dance that we have and turning it into a sustainable, profitable business. What do you offer in your coaching program? Well, there's a couple of things. So you can either work with me one-on-one, which means that, you know, you get me all to yourself and we work through all the things that feel challenging because the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And our dance business is a, it is an extension of who we are and we don't have business problems We have personal problems that show up in our business. So we talk about, you know, why you get really nervous when you want to ask for, you know, an opportunity or why you uh, don't go after certain opportunities or why you overwork yourself and need to be really perfect. So there's that route. But then I also have group programs where there are groups of dancers and choreographers and teachers and artists that come together and we work in a group. 
and we get to you get to be bear witness to the other people that also are running dance businesses and we really create a community and then there's also a membership kind of offering which i really am passionate about because i love working with young dancers who are maybe just finished in high school who don't really know what they're doing because i relate to that so so deeply and that looks like little like weekly challenges and stretches how can you go out and ask someone for something this week or hey how can you brainstorm what your wildest dreams are and just make one thing happen for yourself so coaching looks different depending on how long you want to work with me how much money you've got where you are in the world so it really depends and if anyone is mildly interested then I'm sure there'll be contact details at the end of this what's the number one thing people come to you wanting help with Turning their passion into profit, making money from the thing that they love. That is pretty much the number one thing that people want to know is how can I actually do this and nothing else? What have been your greatest achievements? Mm, I have lots. I'm very, very grateful. One of the biggest ones was that I took BAM, Buster Move Dance, to the Special Olympics World Games in LA in 2015. So I asked the coordinators in LA. I went, I flew over there and had a meeting with the coordinators. I raised $60,000 and I took 30 dancers over to, with disabilities to perform in the World Games. And we were on So Think You Can Dance and we were a part of a really amazing gala. And it was just, it was one of the reasons why I moved overseas because I couldn't peak at 25 because I felt like I peaked at 25. Uh, so that's a big one. Moving overseas is massive moving away from your family and your comfort zone to trust yourself is is really huge i mean for my dance business owners hitting my first ten thousand dollar month was a massive achievement but honestly i think what ultimately what i'm so proud of is that i have been able to make the thing that i love the most into my career and that i get to do it every single day Who inspires you? Mm, I mean, there's lots of people that inspire me. I'm really, really inspired by the work of a researcher and storyteller called Brene Brown. She talks about emotions and she was the first person's work that I read that was like, whoa, she puts a lot of language to things that I feel that I didn't have words to describe. And she's really helped me navigate being a leader in the dance industry and being able to support other people. I think I was, like I said, I started my business at 17. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was not a great leader. <laughs> and she she works in organizations and she is a leadership expert. And so I'm totally, totally inspired by her. I'm definitely inspired by my students. They are full of energy and full of life. I'm inspired by the families of my students who have other kids and who have lives yet show up for their, you know, I, my business did a, a performance last night and the parents, you know, getting all the outfits and the costumes and being at all the dress rehearsals and, you know, being there in the audience. I just am inspired by the dedication because uh, I do not have kids and I don't know what that feels like. So I definitely find inspiration all over the place, but those are, are a couple. Now, Owning your own business at 17, you've certainly packed a lot into your young career so far, but what have been the biggest challenges that you've faced? Mm, I'm not a very patient person. I want things to happen now, right? Uh, Especially because there's so much that you see out there. Social media is, you know, in the palm of your hand and you look at other people and you're like, why don't I have that? 
So a challenge has been knowing what my true purpose is and staying in my lane and not overworking myself because I think that I need to be doing what other people are doing. And, you know, we grew up in the industry and we want to be that center front position. And so we're going to work our butts off to get there. But sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes it's not about overworking. It's just about knowing that you are worthy of being in that position and doing the inner work or even and doing the outer work if you're a dancer and, and focusing on your training and focusing on what makes you amazing so that you put yourself in the position to be recognized and to be seen. So I think that's been one of my greatest challenges is just knowing what makes me great, slowing down, staying in my lane and not looking outside at what other people are doing. What are your goals for the future? Oh goodness, I have so many. uh, To be honest, I'm not a huge goal person. I'm more of like a visualized big picture and trust the process kind of person. So I would love to create my own philosophy. I have a Facebook group. It's called the Conscious Dance Leadership Collective, where we bring dancers, choreographers, teachers uh, into a community who all are wanting to take a conscious approach to their work, which is just, it's a fancy word for everything I've spoken about today. Trusting yourself, believing yourself, knowing what your purpose is, knowing what your passion is, staying in your lane. And so I would love to lead a movement of other dancers and artists who really want to be successful in the dance industry, but in a way that doesn't have to stomp on other people or have to, you know, go against what feels really true for you. So that's one thing that I have. I would love BAM to be in every single dance studio in the entire world. Just knowing what it does for my students and knowing what they get out of it and knowing what it brings to the community and to the family, I would love BAM to just be accessible to everybody, which means that we need to have great teachers. So my ultimate goal is to create incredible international teacher training so that there are more opportunities for dance studios to hire BAM-trained facilitators so that we can get BAM in every studio in the world. What advice would you give to your 10-year-old self? Lots, again. To just be yourself. I actually have, you're not there obviously, you're not going to be able to see on the podcast, but I have a photo of my younger self on my phone because I definitely love her. She's not 10, she's about four, but she's fabulous and she is me. And I would tell her because she's a lot. She's a lot. That's why my mom put me in dance classes. It's sort of like, oh my goodness, this energy has to go somewhere. So I would tell her just to be yourself and trust yourself. You have great ideas. You're a fabulous 10-year-old little girl. And it's okay if people don't like you sometimes. That's okay. If you like you, then that's okay. Where can people find out more information about your dance program, coaching program, and follow your story? So Instagram is the best place. So it's at Ali, so that's A-L-I Phillips with two L's dot official. And BAM is also on Instagram at BAMDance underscore. And all like in the links in the bios are websites and email addresses. Like I said, I'm very organized. So there's not going to be any questions. If you get on Instagram, everything else will be on there for you to navigate. Thank you so much for giving up your time and chatting with us today, Ali. It's been lovely to meet you. My absolute pleasure. I'm really excited for you guys. And Charlie, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye. Remember, you can find all 
of our previous episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Please feel free to get in touch with any feedback or questions you have via DM on Instagram at Dance Matters Podcast. Keep dancing. And remember, listen, love and learn. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.